Greetings, pilgrims. This week, we had the pleasure of hosting Alex Notice, investor at Crossbeam Venture Partners, which is an NYC-based early-stage venture firm specializing in new internet economies, financial services, and novel asset classes. Yeah, in the interview, you'll hear about Alex's journey into venture and his experience so far at Crossbeam. He'll then dive into his framework for networking, which is key in venture capital, but also surprisingly applies to professional life in general. Yeah, and to round out the episode, Alex discusses his entrepreneurial role models and his key values as an investor. Again, a real treat having Alex on the show, and we're excited to dive in. This is Venture Pill with your hosts, Brandon and Sam. We're here to prescribe you your weekly dose of startups and venture capital to keep you informed in the evolving world of venture. All right. This week, we welcome Alex Notice, investor at Crossbeam Venture Partners, a rising star in the venture scene, and my best friend from home. Alex, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. How's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, Brandon, as often as you tell me I'm your best friend, it still feels great to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, appreciate it. Um, let's, let's kick this interview off. What originally drew you to the startups and venture capital scene? What led me to startups was definitely my obsession with sports, which led me to a startup. Brandon knows me from when I was in high school. Uh, I was so obsessed with football. At one point, I tried to be a coach, which is a whole funny story if we have time for later. And then I thought I wanted to write about sports. So I had an idea for what I thought would be a unique sports website and basically pitched it to high school kids all over the U.S., convincing them that what's better than telling a college that you are part of a club, telling them that you were part of a startup and that we were gonna build a real enough company where I'd write your college recommendation when all was said and done. And so we did that successfully and ended up with 65 full-time writers on staff. And then the question became, how do you get eyeballs on something if you have no money to spend on doing so? And so by throwing stuff at the wall, we got really good at social media marketing without a budget. And by the time I was applying to colleges, I was telling them I had a website with 65 writers, millions of viewers, I have a podcast with thousands of listeners, and what had started off as really a sports experience became a full-fledged business startup experience, um, and i kind of been hooked since then. I've got to say, knowing you, I truly appreciate the brevity of that story, but <laughs> it's an awesome story, um, and I'm, I'm a proud previous member, employee of My Weekly Sports. NBA column, got to do a few podcasts with you there. So I'm glad we could come full circle. And it's it was certainly very entrepreneurial of you in high school, looking back to be operating that that website. That was awesome. Transitioning a little bit now. So you're currently with Crossbeam Venture Partners. Tell us a little bit about your experience there. I know you haven't been there for too long, but how'd you land the role? And what are some of the more exciting companies in the portfolio? Sure. So I guess I'll start with how I ended up at Crossbeam. After high school and the whole website experience, I went to Emory undergrad and in the classroom there became as obsessed with the strategy of investing as I had ever been. The X's and O's of football, 
And Brandon probably remembers at one point I was running around to hedge fund managers with a thesis on shorting Netflix. I ended up working for Jana Partners the summer after my sophomore year. Fast forward to my senior year, and one of those investors was actually looking at an SPV somewhat up my alley being raised by the guys at CoVenture slash Crossbeam. And I had the opportunity to do his diligence on that deal. I actually sat across the table from Ali there. Um, and I just stayed in touch as time went on. And then when I was doing investment banking at Wazard out of school, I called Ali, told him I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial, wanted to be an investor again. His advice was join Crossbeam. It's been the best advice I've ever taken. And my experience with Crossbeam has been great. I really love the people. We work our butts off and we're a generalist fund, which means I could be working on anything during a week from fintech to web three to freight, you name it. And it's just cool getting to work with founders, you know, that we find really exciting and do what we can to help them on their journey. And what are some of your favorite companies or most exciting in the portfolio? So I think one company that um, I would say is a typical, quote unquote, crossbeam investment would be Spotter. And for those of you who don't know, what Spotter does is they basically model out what a given YouTuber can expect to make on the videos they've already released for the next couple of years. And they provide that YouTuber with liquidity in the form of, you know, upfront financing. And it's a very co-venture crossbeam investment for a few reasons. One, it has to do with the creator economy and creating a better world for content creators and for, you know, new forms of media, however you want to put it. The other reason would be that it's kind of helping create this new middle class that we get really excited about and we feel kind of lives within a lot of these new internet platform economies, whether it's a TikToker, whether it's a YouTube content creator, or even like an Amazon third-party seller. This is where we get excited. And then lastly, they're underwriting a new asset class, which very much lends itself towards who we are at Crossbeam, given that you know part of our DNA comes from Ali having started CoVenture and then Crossbeam. And CoVenture is obviously you know lenders of somewhat novel asset classes, if you will, uh, underwritten by tech companies. And so, yeah, that's us. And, and it's been a really great experience. Uh, Spotter has gotten to work with some amazing creators like Mr. Beast, Dude Perfect. And yeah, so Spotter is um, an exciting company in our portfolio. Uh, one I look forward to working with more and seeing what the future has in store. And also kind of, I guess, exemplary of the way that we think over at Crossbeam. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I've heard you talk about Spotter in the past, and I appreciate you highlighting it for the podcast. Certainly an awesome startup. What, what are your thoughts on the broader market? Uh, is there anything that you can give us there as we're heading into what is a, an unknown territory for us young investors and entrepreneurs who haven't really been through a downturn like it's seemingly turning into? Any thoughts there? Definitely. So for market commentary, I would just say that we were definitely due for market correction there. It was very evident in valuations that we were seeing rounds close at, which to say the very least, often did not match the cash flow profiles of the businesses, even with what we felt would be optimistic assumptions. So we were due for correction. And as for advice for investors, I'd say just don't try to buy the dip. The way I put it, the best thing we can be as investors is acutely aware and honest about what we don't know. And what we don't know in this case is where the bottom is. With that said, Crossbeam will continue investing because a lot of great companies have been built during downturns. And as long as founders are building great companies, we're going to continue investing. 
Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, and I know from one of our previous conversations, you have an interest in crypto and Web3. And obviously with the with that coinciding with the downturn, how are you guys or how are you and you guys specifically looking at that space in the coming months? I'm excited by Web3 as much today as I was six months ago, if not more. When we talk about the valuations that were not matching cash flow profiles in the broader markets, I think that was perhaps especially true in crypto, where a lot of the publicly traded token prices were fueled by speculation, frankly. That was due for correction. I think you're seeing that start to happen at the very least now. But same as traditional markets, founders are going to keep building great projects in crypto with great utility. And I'm going to keep looking for them. If I had to comment on the future of the space, I'd say that the extent to which I think finance will ultimately be decentralized will be a factor of consumers' will, enterprises' will, and regulators. Let's talk a little bit about Alex Notice here. I know how you are. I know the grind. The wheels are always spinning. But as of now, what is your long-term goal, long-term vision for your future in venture capital? Well, you're, you're right. The wheels are definitely always spinning. Uh, but if, if I had to say one thing that's for certain today, it's that when all is said and done, I want to be an investor who's known for being honest and adding actual value. I know that sounds cliche, but that's really it. What are some of your go-to, I guess, networking strategies and ways to add value with the folks, whether they're uh, investors or with the founders or employees of the startups that you're working with? What are some of your go-to moves or things that you're thinking about when you're working with folks like that? Sure. So I guess um, to I guess I'll do like networking and kind of how if you, if you want to get in venture and you want to make connections in venture, how to think about that as one part, and then separately, you know, how you can be helpful to portfolio companies. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So for how to you know network and and get into venture and be someone with a network in venture. I guess I'd say the, the first thing you have to do is learn. So the learning specifically that you have to do for one part are, you know, I'd say the fundamentals of valuation. How does valuing a business based on cash flow work? And there are a lot of books I love pointing people towards that make me sound like a nerd, but I view it as a purist, <laughs> um, which is a word Brandon knows I love to throw around. <laughs> so I'd say one is learning the fundamentals of valuation. And then next, learning as much as you can about what you find interesting. So for me, that was always sports and the entertainment universe. I could hop on a call with anyone, and if they asked me what I was excited about, I could chew their ears off until they didn't want to hear anymore, but I could always try to throw out something <laughs> that I thought was interesting and exciting about <laughs> the future of entertainment, media, content creation, sports, like you name it. That was kind of my original wedge. And so I'd say literally just run as far down your favorite rabbit hole as you can. Um, and then the next thing after learning to do is get credibility. So credibility for me was in the form of kind of one, having the experience of running a website to talk about, two, having worked at Jana Partners uh, and had that investing side experience as well. And then three, working in investment banking at Wizard, really getting into the weeds of companies. And, you know, I was on the financial institutions group and so a lot of my experiences were fintech, balance sheet businesses, 
and kind of having that both name brand, but also the name brand signifying the pedigree and the fact that I could talk in depth about the experiences I had added a degree of credibility. So there's that. And then the, the last part is network. Um, and I have a like, playbook of networking I'm happy to get into that I tell a lot of kids trying to break in. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it. So if you want to network and break into anything, whether it be investment banking or VC, first thing you got to do is make a LinkedIn. Uh, you know, obviously how you get in touch with people can depend on where you're at in life. You might want to email them from your college email address, but LinkedIn will help you kind of narrow the funnel. So for me, breaking into banking and then later VC, it was step one is after having a LinkedIn, looking up people that work at any company you would find interesting. And then where I go a little extra crazy is I would also, in addition to LinkedIn, look them up on Facebook, see if we have any mutual friends because a warm intro is always better than a cold intro. And ask, I find myself reaching out to people I hadn't spoken to in years, but I had gotten along with in high school or anything like that. And just saying, hope everything's great. Would you mind if, you know, could you introduce me to so-and-so? Then when you're reaching out to so-and-so, be as innocuous as you possibly can. And if you can be helpful, do it. But if you're like most people at this stage or whatever, and a college kid that kind of, for lack of a better phrase, doesn't have much to their name yet, it's the innocuous part is key. So it's shortest email you can write. Hope this finds you well. My name is Alex. I'm you know, interested in going into investment banking. I saw you went to Emory. I'm there too. If you ever have 15 minutes to hop on the phone and answer a few questions about what you're working on, I'd really appreciate it. Regardless, I look forward to hearing from you and thank you for your time. Sincerely, Alex. Like the innocuousness is key because people have so much in their inbox. The minute that there's two paragraphs, you're done. So it's got to be quick to the point. And then one of the other things I'm finding now in networking is that the best thing you can do to people is be helpful. So like there's the whole playbook for what you can do if you can't be helpful. But if you can be helpful in the form of introducing someone to anyone that, you know, could be good for them to talk to, now you've done them a favor and they kind of owe you one. Yeah, that's great. We just got off of an interview recently with a guy named Landon Campbell, and he gave us some, uh, some wise advice of do the work before you have the job. And just on that note, one other thing I wanted to throw out, I forgot some of the best advice I ever got while recruiting was stand out in your questions. And it's similar to what you said. It's like put in the work ahead of time. So if I'm talking to someone at the time that does M&A investment banking at Wizard, you get you bet that I have read about every press release for every deal that Wizard M&A consumer, whatever desk the guy's on, has done in the last year. I've got targeted, and if you know me, color-coded questions uh, <laughs> that are show that I'm not only aware of what they did, but I'm thinking about the trends at a higher level. I'm curious what their experience was like. Just basically, again, stand out in your questions. Show that you're willing to go the extra mile because then they're like, okay. Like it's, it's just the, That's when the ball's in your court. You're, you're asking them questions. The ball's in your court in writing the questions. So show how prepared you are, how badly you want it. And it's also just another way to show that you can think at that higher level. And then the last question, ideally, once you've won them over is always, and what do you recommend? Like if I'm just someone that wants to do this more than anything in the world, you know, is there anyone you'd recommend I talk to? Is there anything else? And hopefully they point you to that next person that can be impactful in your life. 
I I can say you you truly walk the walk. I've seen the stacks upon stacks of Manila folders that you have, <laughs> just with detailed notes on everything. Um, and tracking back a little bit, yes, you are an absolute purist, also an absolute contrarian. Um, <laughs> but but no, one of the big things we like to do here at Venture Pill is try to help people who may not know how to crack into venture crack into venture. And you literally just provided the blueprint and just golden nugget after golden nugget there. So thank you so much for sharing that, Alex. I'll add two super quick things to it. One, when you're hanging up with phone call with someone, their first question that, you know, picture they're sitting at a desk. The first question their friend asks them or whoever's sitting next to them is not, did he seem qualified? Did he seem smart? It's, did you like him? So Mm -hmm. be yourself. You can crack a couple jokes in a workplace setting if it makes sense. Just, Again, the, the goal is to make them like you. And I think that was you know one thing that maybe distinguishes venture recruiting from a few other spaces, like frankly, even the banking recruiting for the most part is whereas in banking, you know, you can kind of go in and know that they're gonna ask you one of these, you know, ten thousand technical questions. In venture, they're really looking for a fit. So yes, you have to be smart. That's why I say learn as much as you can about what you love because then you can seem like an expert in it and you should be an expert in it. Um, and also be yourself, make the mic. But, but the fit piece is really the most important piece. Yeah. The test that I heard was, would you be okay if you got stuck next to this guy on a flight? Like, would you be, you know, headphones in hitting yourself the whole time or <laughs> would you hit it off and be able to carry out a conversation if you, if you had to? Yeah, it's like a flight where you don't have any in-flight entertainment and you really need to get something done before the plane lands. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, as we transition into the fourth quarter here, clutch time, would love to know, do you have any notable role models, mentors that you hope to emulate? And with that, feel free to shout out books, podcasts, movies. I know you're a big movie and TV guy. Uh, so, you know, free, free reign here. My two biggest investor role models are two very different people. I'm going to go with Warren Buffett and Ali Hamed. Warren Buffett, because he's the big fundamental of investing, I would tell anyone that wants to be an investor that they have to know his teachings, have to know how to value a company based on its cash flow, and should definitely read Warren Buffett and the interpretation of the financial statements, which is not a page turner. But it is a book that I, surprise, surprise, have color-coded on my shelf. So that's one. And two is Ali because not only does he have no ego and will be completely honest with you about what he doesn't know, but he's also pragmatic, doesn't buy into hype cycles, and so resourceful. Ali will turn over every single stone for our founders. He will stay on the phone late night. He will truly jump in the co-pilot seat to the extent that our founders would like that. And uh, it's cool to see, cool to work with him. And yeah, those are my role models. Yeah, no, I mean, that's well said. Tying back Ali's resourcefulness that you just spoke to, to your blueprint of how to crack into venture. I think it really boils down to adding value Um, and not always in the linear way of adding cash flow, but even in just making relationships with people, introducing them to other people. Um, I think I think, you know, adding value and recognizing people who are the best at adding value attracts talent and only good things. 
It's like, who's willing to go that extra mile? You know, it's like, candidly, we see companies sometimes where we are not experts in what they do. But what we think makes us hopefully good at our jobs is that we're willing to spend all weekend trying to learn about what they do and then admitting to the founder that we're not experts, but here's how close we've come. Can you help us fill those last few gaps? And always having the purest of intents. Like, we just want to be able to explain this to other people almost as well as you can. It's like, you, you got to stay humble. Um, and in that humility, kind of always be thinking about what am I not doing now that would be helpful for them? And is there anything I can do to bridge that? And that's like, whether it's a poor co or whether it's frankly, like me reaching out cold to Ali, are going to be helpful? Yeah. To me, the, there's a couple things that stand out there. If, if I were to kind of sum up the crossbeam mindset combined with your mindset is the honesty, the humility, but also the long-term vision. I think those three things are a little bit hard to come by, especially when we got into a bit of a frothy time in the markets where everybody had FOMO and you know, Web3 was going crazy and, and everything like that. And just to keep a level head and be honest with yourself about what you don't know and keep a long-term mindset. It sounds like everybody at Crossbeam has a long-term vision of them being there, which only contributes to a long-term investing mindset, which is awesome. Um, quick, quick question, Alex. I've I've witnessed you're growing a personality on Twitter. Obviously, Sam is as well, and I'm even trying to crack into it. How would you say Twitter has kind of changed the game as you build a brand for yourself and just opened up doors that wouldn't normally be open for you? Please share. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, Twitter has not really helped me as much on this job, as much as I'd love to say that my 100 followers have mobilized and helped me source deals. It's not really there yet. But with that said, a lot of VCs definitely use Twitter excellently. And the way I've heard it from someone is that it basically allows you to do a one-to-many communication strategies versus a one-to-one. So if you want to get in touch with someone or let them know you know, what you're thinking about the market or even ask them what they're thinking, you would either email every person in your inbox or blast it out on Twitter. And it's kind of a more efficient way to do the same thing you would otherwise. Now, I'm still very much the inbox person, uh, but sure, I'd love to you know, have more of a Twitter presence. And it's definitely a way, especially in crypto, that people are sourcing a lot of great deals and meeting people they wouldn't otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And I mean, Sam and I have just mentioned it, whether it's in an interview or a traditional episode, but the power of Twitter is not to be underestimated. And it's longevity and going hand in hand with the future of venture, I think is also inevitable. So yeah, I don't think it's imperative if you're a VC to have a big Twitter presence, but I think that there are VCs that use it the right way and maximize mm -hmm. the potential of it. And it's obviously very helpful for them. Right. Yeah. Well, with that, where can people uh, follow you? What's the best way for the pilgrims to connect with you? I mean, look, I'll never say no to a Twitter follower. So if you want to <laughs> hit me at Alex Notice too, that's obviously great. I'm also on Telegram a lot at Alex Notice. Um, those are probably the two best ways to get in touch with me. And where could we stay up to date with Crossbeam? I don't know if you know the website or you have a Twitter page that's active, but you know, feel free to plug the whole team here. Sure. Uh, I'd say follow Ali's Twitter. 
Uh, and also, although, you know, the views are obviously Ali's and not reflective of Crossbeam, but the Crossbeam website should keep you posted with what we're investing in, what port founder, what port co-founders are saying about us and uh, the broader ecosystem. Awesome. Well, Alex, appreciate you coming on the pod. You're a true pilgrim now. Congrats. You've made the <laughs> pilgrimage. <laughs> um, really great conversation. Appreciate coming on. Problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Absolute pleasure to have you. Looking forward to seeing you in Tel Aviv in very short time. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you making the time, Alex. Of course. No problem. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon. And this is Venture Pill. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. Signing off. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okey-dokey. That's all right, but wait, I don't know how to do this. Um, but we will scavenge the internet ransack the internet would you say you pillage the internet <laughs> i wouldn't go that far brandon <laughs> <laughs>